0: I'm Whitney. I'm Mindy. And I'm Deb. We're three best friends who love nerdy things.
1: Well, some people think we're nerdy, but we think we're pretty awesome. This is our nerdiest thing.
0: This season, we are discussing A Court of Thorns and Roses and all of Sarah J. Mass's books. We are spoiler friendly, so listen at your own risk. Hello fellow nerds. Welcome to our nerdiest thing. Today we're talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses chapters 22, 23 and
1: 24. But first, let's do our nerdiest vocabulary. Mindy. In episode seven, we have a very long conversation about what we called the Mandala effect. And my 17 year old son pointed out to me today that it is not, in fact, the Mandala effect, it is the Mandela effect. And as he so rudely pointed out, it's because the guy's name is Nelson Mandela.
2: So whoopsies. Sorry. (laughs) Whoopsies. (laughs) I mean, we're kind of sorry. But um, when Mindy texted me and she told me that um, we had said it wrong, I told her son to get his own podcast. So you can do the same if you had a problem with it. So that
1: concludes our nerdiest vocabulary.
2: I
0: bet my sister, when she listens to episode seven, is going to be like, you know, you guys are saying that wrong this entire time, right? (laughs) Now we do. At least
2: we're owning it now. Also, why was your son listening to these episodes so late? It's been weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he didn't listen. We were having a discussion. Oh,
2: that's <laughs> funny.
1: Um, all right, well, let's do
2: our nerdiest
1: recap. Can we- I
2: fess up to something real quick before we start? Yeah, I'm so fucked right now. I wrote down the wrong chapters in my book. Did not stop read it. chapter twenty-four. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> and if I get it, I'll just I'll guess. You'll just do a summary like I do, where it's like, well, that's not the whole thing well, we were
1: supposed last to summarize. Time I did but that's the Second
2: recap, I only did one chapter instead of both, <laughs> so it's just going to feel like normal.
1: All right. Well, here goes. I'm spinning our Wheel O names. Uh, it's Whitney. It, it, it actually, is Whitney. Yeah.
2: Okay. Please make sure you get to the third chapter so that I know
0: what <laughs> is happening. Uh, we'll see. Let me get the timer going. Okay. I'm just going to put it on my watch. Ready? And okay. So, um, Lucian and Tamlin think that Feyre's bruise from Tamlin on her neck is just hilarious. And... Farah wears a dress and everyone's like what 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 and then she takes Samlin to the gallery to look at her art and he is like look it's your life it's beautiful I love it and she's like okay great thanks and then um, a a head of a fairy but without the body shows up in the courtyard and they're Mm -hmm. like it must be the lord of the night court oh 30
2: seconds is up the end
0: (laughs) I feel like I got through I mean, ba- most of it. I mean, you hit some high
2: points for sure. Here's what's irritating is that I, you know, have read these books before and I know what the next chapter is. And I was like, man, I have to wait to read that. Uh,
0: didn't. You didn't have to. Boo.
2: I think I did get
0: through all three chapters. Let's just. Congratulations. Good job, Whitney. It's the first time I've actually
1: <laughs> gone through a whole section. And you had us over here cracking up.
0: (laughs) I felt silly. Just a silly (laughs) gal over here today. So let's talk about the bruise on her neck. So (laughs) that's a weird segue, but let's just go with it. So at the end of the last section, it was Callan May Mm -hmm. and, um, Feyre goes out of her room after multiple people have told her, stay in your room, stay away from us. Tamlin is not going to be in his right mind. And he wasn't, she sees him in the hallway. He like stalks over to her, kind of like pins her up against the wall and he ends up biting her neck and leaves a bruise. So at the beginning of this section, she's like, I'm not going to hide this bruise. He should see what he did and be embarrassed by it. The
2: first sentence from this chapter Though? yes i awoke when the sun was high after tossing and turning all night empty and aching right i wrote down
0: i said she couldn't sleep she was turned she was so turned on all night and then i wrote a sad face
2: <laughs> so then later um in this chapter it talks about how like he gives her roses and she felt full again and i wrote in my margins i was like roses don't fill that <laughs> right?
0: that's not what you need right you now. you got a lot to learn a, a good <laughs> rose is not what you need But yeah, so she's like, I'm not going to hide this. And so she doesn't. She wears her hair
1: like pulled back or pulled up so that you could see, you know, the full bruise on her neck. And what do you think her true motivation is there, though? Because I kind of wrote like several things that could be like, like,
2: I kind of think she sort of thinks of it as a badge of honor. I think she does. I thought that she wanted everyone else to see what he did because it was wrong. I think that she does want to embarrass
0: him. Of like, you know, you weren't in your right mind. Look what you did, you animal, right? She wants to embarrass him. But I do think that she wants everybody to see, like, the high lord claimed me. Because she's just coming off of the kind of the highs of... You know, the High Lord of the Spring Court thought I was important enough to save from the Naga. The High Lord of the Spring Court thought that I was important and special enough to come see his special, you know, childhood place of the Glen or whatever. Um, I think that she feels special that he like wanted her,
1: whether it was magic or not. You right. Because I think she knows that. He's not going to be embarrassed about it.
0: No, but I kind of wish that he was a little bit like I really did not like that whole exchange when she goes in and Lucian and Tamlin are there. And oh, it's like, um, what happened to your neck? Do you
2: want to know what I wrote twice in <laughs> yeah. a paragraph of each other? Fucking gross. It's it's a boys club. They think it's funny. They think it's okay that he heard her. And he's like, well, he gaslights her. He's like, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't have been where you weren't supposed to be. And maybe I wouldn't have fucking bit you. He knew enough... He was in his right enough mind not to, like, claw at her or have sex with her. He knew not to bite her. That's bullshit. Yep. No, I agree. I wrote... I have a lot to say about that. I wrote, like, three times in all
0: caps. Red flag. Red flag (laughs) flag of, like, that whole interaction. And, like, Lucian... I fully did not understand Lucian's reaction in particular because... He, like, laughs and he thinks it's funny. Well, so, yes, he laughs and thinks it's funny, but juxtapose that with how he... Absolutely lost his mind when he saw Feyre like at Cal and Mai and was like if you know if Tamlin realizes you're here he's gonna lose it. Da, da, da. and it's like okay based on that reaction based on that freak out you should be freaking out right now because you should be realizing oh my gosh favorite, you dumb human came out of your room when we told you not to look what he did to you like that's what I was trying to warn you about but I'm like I don't understand why did you get mad at her the night before if you're gonna laugh about it the next
2: day it I feels don't get like it like victim blaming to me yeah I just I well, like- like, well, you did this to yourself.
1: Well, and what makes it worse is like when he first sees it, he's kind of acting like a protective brother. Like, who did that to you? Like, like he's going to be mad about it. And then when he finds out it's Tamlin, he's like, ha, that's hilarious. Well, let me say, because while we're talking about Lucian, I
0: just had this thought that I wonder if... And this might be me giving him too much benefit of the doubt, which I tend to do with these characters. But I wonder if Lucian seeing Tamlin kind of claiming Favra in that way is giving him a little bit more hope for the curse breaking. Like, maybe we don't have to get rid of this human and, you know, fight Amarantha. Maybe we can actually do it, you know on Amaranthus terms, sort of. Uh and I wonder if that's why he's responding in such a weird, lighthearted way. If he's seeing like, oh tamlin's actually starting to have feelings like she's starting to have feelings this could work you know i but don't know even, that might be but too but even generous. with that it's
1: still very like yeah bro like yeah good I, job but it also
2: upsets her so you would think yes, if that's what it he does. was trying yeah. to do he would have been like okay tam maybe don't bite her like, it's just you don't have to bite her like don't bite her hard enough to he bruised her yeah well
0: and like like i said lucian Lucian was so freaked out for Feyre that he threw her over his shoulder and ran yeah. back to the house in the previous chapter. And so seeing proof that Tamlin did what he was afraid Tamlin was going to do. Cause he basically in the previous chapter is like, he might rape you. Like you can't be here. Like he, it was, I feel like it was very heavily implied that that was what Lucian was trying to save her from. And here he has bruised her. Like you're saying, and Lucian, Th- there's no concern like there was a
2: chapter ago. Do you feel like though that Tamlin was out of his mind? No, I don't I think don't, he was I, at all. I think, but Lucian wasn't there. Right, but you know I, I think maybe what changed was maybe Lucian did realize later that Tamlin wasn't in this like crazy sex he was in control kind, phase. kind of haze. like I mean, sure, he had to have sex to grow the crops, which again, okay. <laughs> um sure Jan. <laughs> sure, sure you did. Um something grew, it wasn't the crops. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so i wonder if lucian was like okay well he's just kind of fucking whoever he wants so um i guess yeah. she'll be fine because also if lucian was worried about her why wasn't when he knew tamlin left why didn't he also go back up to the house yeah
0: that's which true. makes me
2: wonder if lucian was also what was having lucian fun doing on cal and may well he did he does say at some point in the conversation
0: like other people get to partake in the great right as well but we have to wait for the high lord to do it first you know (laughs) so i'm sure he probably
1: was right It's interesting because you said she's upset about it, but in the next kind of scene, she's not, which kind of leads me into what um, I want to talk about with these three chapters. It all felt very 80s, 90s, 2000s rom-com to me. Like I felt like I was reading the script for some kind of rom-com that I'd already watched. So I wanted to kind of go through some of the tropes that we see in these kinds of rom-coms and kind of compare them to ones that, that I know pretty well. One of them is the whole like frat boy thing. Like in all of these rom-coms, it's always like this group of boys and they're like either having a bet, which I'm going to get into also. Or... We talk
2: about the she's all that factor in episode we do. seven. That yeah. is so funny that you say that. And
1: a lot of things, a lot of these are come from she's all that.
2: The One of the main
1: tropes that comes across in a lot of these rom-coms is the enemies to lovers trope yeah and this is obvious we've already talked about this being a beauty and the beast kind of retelling which is sort of the quintessential enemies to lovers but to your point about how she was upset about the bruise she was and she acted like she's so mad about it that she goes and she paints them as pigs like with their faces on pigs which is hilarious by the way i would love to see you draw that deborah
2: maybe i'll get right <laughs> on that because it's, like as you're saying it i'm like you're picturing that's that? That's really <laughs> true. I know. Fun. It sounds hysterical. Like in crayons. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But
1: she's not really mad because at the end she's like smiling at her painting and says
2: something like, oh, I. Like, she's happy to have the old Tamlin back. Can I say how much, though, the three of us love Enemies to Lovers?
0: Oh, I know. I I was just thinking through, like, this book, this book, this book, this book.
2: In in a buy, sell, trade book group that I'm in on Facebook, I'm trying to get this Enemies to Lovers trope hat right now. (laughs) I mean, think about it. From Blood and Ash. And there's all these books that, like, we're currently talking about possibly doing for season two, right? So king of battle and blood Mm -hmm. from blood nash you've got the cruel prince yeah you've got we talked about kingdom of the wicked these are all enemies to lovers tropes because i mean it's just good it is it's good
1: writing but when you break it down
2: like she's like oh i'm so mad
1: about this bruise but that's ha 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 so funny because i have the old tamlin back like
2: the old old tamlin you? That's what like, I wrote down. But that's she what she's saying. That. She's like, she's
1: because he was joking around and being lighthearted and all that stuff. So like for her, it was a huge shift from him being sexy, foursome self on you, Tamlin. We'll see. And
2: that's I what thought I. You said foursome. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did I miss a picture? Probably,
0: he'd probably Lucian he probably and Ianthi, have, Lucian, have Ianthi, and Feyre, Tamlin would be all
2: over that. I feel like. I mean, I'm I'm ready for it. <laughs> Add it to your I list mean, of things to draw. Ianthi <laughs> <laughs> I- <laughs> I- might be a bitch, but she's beautiful.
0: Yeah, she true. is. Right? That is so, true. I mean, yeah. there's
2: no there's no one in here. That, she's like, always
0: trying to hop into bed with somebody. Right, like, every time so we see her, Ianthi I feel would like.
2: be like, "Wait, two Hmm. <laughs> 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 Um, Wait, sorry. What's your name again, Feyre? I'm just going to go over here with these two. Yeah.
0: Um, I did write down about the, like, being happy that the Tamlin I know, you know, the Tamlin I knew was back. And I wrote down, that is not a good dude.
2: Right. (laughs) Like...
0: But I also wrote down in that same line of thinking, I think that her being excited about that and her attraction to him and, you know, mentioning, Deb, like you said, that she laid awake all night because she was, like, desiring him or whatever. I think that that really kind of glosses over and hides the red flags the first time you right do this right like you're focused on her and her attraction and her happiness and like that's more signs of her healing right
2: well it has to do with sarah j mass's writing too because he prowls down the hallway to her and he has yeah. this guttural voice and he is you know partially naked and like and you're like that is kind of hot right and and then you know she wakes up aching and so she is drawing this picture of you for you of like you know sexuality and it being erotic but really it was just kind of abuse well and it's it's sexy to be wanted
0: Right. Like to to know someone is attracted to you. And that's, that's basically what you're saying, right? The way that she describes, not Feyre, but Sarah J Mass, the way that she describes how he's interacting with her. It's clear that he is attracted to her and that is attractive in and of
2: itself. Isn't part of attraction to like the chase, Right. Like a big part of that is like, that's why we all like the enemies to lovers and the slow burn trope. It's because like, you don't want someone to be like, Oh, he's hot. We did it. Right, (laughs) That's not exciting. It is that
1: give and take that sort of like two steps forward, one step back. Thank you, Paula Abdul. Um, (laughs) That, that happens with that. And so I wrote down several movies that use this trope. And these are some of my favorite movies: Ten Things I Hate About You, which I bring up a lot in this too. Such a good one! Such a good movie. Um, The Proposal, which I just recently watched with Deborah, actually at a craft weekend.
2: I was just telling my daughter last night that she and I need to watch that because we watched. um, What's the other Sandra Bullock movie? Um, Oh, with Channing Tatum, it's um, The Lost City, which like no one saw. I've never seen that, and it came out. It like had a. Barely theatrical release, and it is so freaking is it funny. On, oh. Is it Netflix? A Netflix um, movie or something? No, it it was in theaters. Oh, wow. um, it was one of those nights that no one could come to the movies, so me one other person went. But um, they did like a early release night, which was weird for a movie that had like no marketing. Um, but there's a lot of dick jokes. It's funny. <laughs> like they they go they go to the island of D. I mean, <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. And she's a she's a smutty romance author, and Channing Tatum is her like um, book cover model. Okay, like, that very hilarious. Hobby. So it sounds like we're going to be watching that together Yes
1: that sounds like a bonus episode (laughs) Speaking of dick jokes We're the Millers Another movie that I just watched for the first time with Deborah. Um is also in enemies to lovers, which I think, but in a different, sure with, but in a little bit of different vein. It's a little less rom com and a little more just comedy. But, um, but I, I thought it kind of fit with this. Another one that I loved is Drive Me Crazy. I don't know if you all remember that. one. I love uh, that was movie. one of my favorite yes. movies. I love that one, one of the best music videos
0: to a theme song for a movie ever. <laughs> okay,
2: so Britney, come on. Can I tell you one that I really loved that came out around that same time was Boys and Girls. It had Claire for- Forlani and um, Jason Biggs in it, and who? Oh, and Freddie Prince Jr. And it, it's almost like an enemies to lover type of thing where they meet in high school, they hate each other, they become good friends in college and like eventually fall in love. But it's all the same humor, right? Yeah. And I mean, I again, that movie is just top notch hilarious. I mean, there's a reason that that's a well known trope. Maybe I just thought it was interesting. 2023 80s, 90s and early
1: 2000s romance movies. I think so, too. I think I think they need to bring that bring that back because it was fun. Um, The next one that is a huge thing is the grand romantic gesture. And so we kind of see this in the earlier chapters with Tamlin um, when he brings her to the gallery and it's like this big thing. I don't think he actually really thought he was doing a grand romantic gesture, but it ended up sort of being that way. Um, Also, in these chapters, when he gives her flowers from his the garden that they'd already hung out in. I thought that was...
2: It's not a grand his romantic... gesture. it's exactly. the thing. Didn't his dad plant those for his mother? Yes. Right. Which doesn't right. sound
1: like a grand romantic gesture until you kind of know that little bit of it. The
2: meaning behind it. But it's Be- also the way an abuser appeases. Mm. I was also going to say they have to prune those bushes anyway. Yeah, like That is true. Not He's not probably like, like... It's not like they were roses that are never picked. Like you... Yeah. I mean, we have rose bushes in our yard and we prune those things like every other day in the yeah. spring and summer. So I mean, like there's part of me too when he did that I was like oh that's really sweet and then I was like motherfucker you got those from the maid
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's another really really like major thing which we also see in 10 things I hate about you when he does the um he serenades her in the stands which is really cool um and then we you another movie that I absolutely adore is can't buy me love with Patrick Dempsey. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, it's great. And he does the thing where he gets on the lawnmower. And then, of course, there's Say Anything where he brings out Which the Which now, the though, if a guy
2: pulled up on a lawnmower, you'd be like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> True. But that was the whole point that he
1: mowed her lawn. Like, that's how it started. Guy, some people at my prom like came on tractors
2: <laughs> well yeah you that's because you're from barns so i will know. say i finished high school in a really small town in arkansas yeah and there were some people that went mudding before they came to prom nice. in their trucks that nice. they would normally yeah in, in their tuxedos and dresses yeah yeah thank oh. god we got out whitney thank <laughs> god <laughs>
1: <laughs> me the big city girl over here being like well, why
2: can't you just get a limo I also like I was raised in Las Vegas right and so yeah. going to a town where you take your truck yeah. Before you go to yeah it's prom, a different world isn't I it? mean I, I think I moved like one minute after graduation like as fast as I could I remember when we were dating because Robbie's a city me and you? a city boy
0: no <laughs> me and Robbie he came to my hometown like I'm probably the first time and he was like you guys only have one McDonald's. <laughs> like he could not fathom how small. Go? Yeah, like how small the town was and was like you don't have a Target? Like I don't understand. Did you
2: take him to the movie theater that you worked at? Of course. <laughs> okay, good. Did you like make out in the projection room? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I did when I was in high school and I worked well, there.
2: My husband and I, I keep getting off topic. I'm sorry, Mindy. But my husband and I, he worked at like college radio when we were dating and um, he would do like his favorite band is Counting Crows and he would do like Counting Crows Nights like on Thursday and we would just go in there and make out. <laughs> <laughs> Counting Crows Nights my favorite Round night. here. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is. Did he play the extended cuts? I was trying to think of something really gross to say and I couldn't think of anything.
1: (laughs) So another trope that we see often is the makeover trope where the it's, which this one really kind of bothers me because I feel like it's always like, Oh, first of all, we talked about in a previous episode, she's all that where the, she's not even that unattractive. Like they put beautiful, she's gorgeous. And they put a pair of glasses on her and a paint smattered smock and that's supposed to be ugly or something. I don't know.
2: So, in this well, I'm fucked then <laughs> <laughs> I mean right now I have paint underneath my fingernails I didn't shower today And I have glasses on I don't know what we're going to do Well I
1: mean it just It's such It implies that a girl needs a makeover To like improve her love life Which right. is so not True. Well, but again, and, this
2: was the '80s and
1: '90s. Well, and
0: that's kind of what happens in the very next section of these chapters, too, right? Like, exactly. Is like,
1: I'm going to wear a dress to dinner, and that's Alice why, is why like, I it Excuse up. me, you're yeah. going to what now? That's why I brought it up. She and yeah. no, n- n- nobody was forcing her. Nobody was saying, "Hey, let's do a makeover." But in her mind, she felt like she had to put on a dress to. Impress? Well, that was clearly
0: the expectation when she first showed up to spring court, right? Like there were all dresses and she was like, I'm not going to wear that. Right. So she knows that Tamlin wanted her to wear a dress or expected her to wear a dress. So now she's like, well, I guess gotta look good for my man because he bruised my neck
2: you know? <laughs> I, know. I will say the bruising your neck thing aside it it is nice to get dressed up right for someone that you're. yeah totally to. i don't think there's anything wrong with that i will say though that there has been a lot of research around like anthropology and around when a woman is ovulating they just inherently dress nicer and wear more makeup to try to attract the, the opposite sex so maybe she was ovulating we're going we're gonna to blame it on biology yes. and not Let's go with that. being a dumbass.
0: <laughs> Let's well, go and with it's, that. It's like in Greece, right, where Sandy shows exactly. up. Exactly. That was one of the oh, things Oh, is that I what wrote. you were going to say? No, that's right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sandy shows up to the carnival or whatever in that like sinful, skin-tight, whatever outfit. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: dear God. Yeah, right? <laughs> with, the pink, with the pink jacket, right? <laughs> like, right. Thank God it's, she covered up her tight tank top.
0: A, <laughs> totally like a pink lady's kind of right. outfit, which she would never have worn. And as a kid, I loved that movie so much and was like, yay, she did it. She's going to get the guy. And then as an adult, I'm like, wait, why are you guys doing this?
1: (laughs) Well, and what sucks about that one, too, is that he tries to, like, make himself, like, a jock and a quote-unquote nerd or whatever. And instead of, like, keeping that on, he rips the letterman sweater off and is like okay fuck that shit we're gonna be nasty together
2: thank god
1: (laughs) so like it's okay she's she you know she's changed for me so it's okay right well if
2: you notice in all of these movies with the really with the exception of can't buy me love um it is like the jock yeah that's true and to be honest i mean i think all three of us can probably say this the jock was never at the top of my list ever. Oh not one Give time. Give me the guy that was wearing a little bit of eyeliner <laughs> and he he probably had a pretty rock and bod because attraction is attraction, right? yeah But like, you know, he listened to Rob Zombie and Tool. Um I'm aging myself here <laughs> and I very much do not relate to these. <laughs> I know that Mindy <laughs> does. I do.
1: Mine had a skateboard in his hand for sure. Yeah.
2: Oh, I hung out with the the yeah. skateboard guys. They yeah, one of my best friends in high school was one of the skateboard guys. But um yeah, like I the jock was never the one that really did it for me. Now if that jock had put on some eyeliner, I mean, <laughs> woo, I'll tell you what. The thing about you—funny, you say bring up camp I Me love because the thing about that one is it's
1: that's just sort of like a gender bender one. Like it sort of mm-hmm. swaps it because she's the popular one and he's the nerdy one, but she does give him a makeover. Yep,
2: <gasps> I forgot. Yes, that, yeah. right. That, so it's oh, the same. Just kind of like th- them for who they are. Y'all. I know, right? Because you
1: know what, that makeover is only going to last a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do it in the Breakfast Club too. Remember yep. when she takes yep. her in and fixes her? So anyway, it's, it's it, that's one that just kind of bothers me. But if you, you know. bitches ever try to like make me over. <laughs> I mean, you don't need a makeover, you you're gorgeous. What are you talking about?
2: Oh, that was so the right answer. <laughs> I wasn't even fishing either.
1: I do love that Alice calls her out, by the way, when yes. she's putting that dress. She's like, okay, good. As long as you don't like completely, completely your lose mind. your mind. Yeah, yeah. That, that made me that. laugh. That was funny. I enjoyed that. Um, oh, no, she's, I actually wrote down the quote. I see. Good that you aren't losing your common sense entirely. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. Um, and then there's the trope that there's some sort of Bet going on in these rom coms, some something like, um, like, and she's all that when they make the bet that he can make her prom queen. Um, and can't buy me love. It's not really a bet, but it's like it's a deal. It's a deal where yeah. he she's gonna make him popular.
0: They're both in on it, but yeah.
1: And then, um, how to lose a guy in ten days is the same way. Again, a little bit of a gender bender, but and also like a two way. They're both
2: kind of. But even if you think about even like, um. Carrie for example That's mm-hmm. like a bet For a prom queen True right? yeah, like, yeah that's Is true. prom queen still a thing I mean my daughter's yeah. Only in ninth grade So I don't really know It, it kind of it is It when I was It kind of is But it, I don't feel like It's as big of a right, deal What would you bet For someone to be Now if it's not prom queen,
0: probably like a TikTok influencer,
2: right? Honestly, oh, like, can, yeah, like yeah, viral, yeah,
1: like go viral. yeah, like to yeah. Go viral. it's like okay. followers and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say is the sort of similar, but um, I would be really bad at that. <laughs> but for this, for this, I mean, purposes for these books, it's it's kind of the same thing as the whole curse, like how he has to do the, you know, his motivation is is not like because he loves her outright it starts with this whole curse and that he's got to you know woo her because of this other thing i mean it is a bet really like i mean technically amarantha and like all of prithian right essentially um so that that was something interesting that i thought kind of tied in the other one that i found that tends to be a romantic trope and i really only found it in one of the like rom-com so correct me if you all can think of another one it's the abduction classified as romantic so like the sort of stockholm syndrome and i remember an overboard that if you all ever saw that movie oh, yeah which is another I great movie i love that movie that is a good one where you know y- you know you can kid- he kidnaps her and she doesn't have any memory and turns her into the mom of the family hmm. like basically manipulates her which is really disgusting i
2: think that's called grooming <laughs> i mean there's yeah. a little
1: bit of that not so much in the movie
0: versions but in the book versions of twilight there's a oh, little yeah. bit of that with i guess so, edward yeah. like you need to be safe you have to be here like you you i'm gonna make sure you stay in the house have a sleepover with alice that's deal, true yeah which is
2: not exactly the same thing but yeah. close edward also borders on the line of being a little too much yeah he's yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch those movies again soon, but like, <laughs> <A> problematic king, <laughs> as the kids these days yeah. say.
1: Yeah. So, and of course, Tamlin is our
2: okay. So, what about abductor. the cruel prince? That's a good abduction one. The I mean, she doesn't. Prince. She doesn't fall in love with blood the dad. And ash. Yeah, blood, and Mash, that's blood a good and Ash. That's a good one. Um, well, we've already talked about all these books tonight. The King of Badland Blood, yeah. is an abduction one. Um, a touch kind of, of darkness, of. sorta. Yeah, that's kind it's of kind of sorta. Yeah. Which it's like, you know, I mean, it, we see it and we love these books. All and those it's, books are hot.
1: It is. It's <laughs>
2: totally hot. But when you break it down, it's like, ew,
1: like that's their kidnapper.
2: My, my daughter asked me tonight because I was t- talking to her about King of Battle and Blood because Scarlet St. Clair is going to be near our city in kentucky and um she goes is that the lady that writes a touch of darkness and i said yeah and she goes i can't read those right and i said no and she goes can i read king of battle and blood and i said no
0: (laughs) absolutely not. not oh
2: my gosh definitely not a touch of
1: darkness well i definitely think though that like tamlin and you know all these other male characters in these books that we're talking about are hotter than Kurt Russell. So I'm just going to go with that.
2: A little bit. <laughs> I like Kurt Russell. Really? Overboard? Yes. You have a daddy complex. You do. <laughs> I, re-
1: I rebuke that. Well, I just have one more trope that goes through all these rom-coms and it's the opposites attract trope, which, you know, is kind of like enemies to lovers,
2: but like, but like in real life, Think of how like I if I've always said if I was gonna be married to someone like me I'd be on that show snapped <laughs> Lifetime, because I have to be with someone a little bit more laid back than I am right and we've joked me and Mindy joke all the time that like my closest friends are all like my husband <laughs> <because> <laughs> I I do like to you know be grandiose and be in charge <laughs> I'm a little bossy thanks for putting up with me guys. <laughs>
1: see i need that in my life so that's always good but this is one of my favorite tropes because i just think it is cool when when they complement each other and so obviously in this we're talking about fae human that's as bad as opposite as it gets in these in these worlds but you also see it in of course beauty and the beast and the breakfast club when you're talking about you know the jock and the weirdo um and then the like criminal and the popular girl whatever end up together. Um Dirty Dancing is another mm. one which I hadn't brought up yet which is another great movie and then Pretty in Pink which yeah, you got rich one. and poor. So I just I don't know it was just when I was reading these chapters all the things that came up the interactions it felt very rom-com because it it was a little lighter some of, a lot of the conversations oh, yeah. were a little lighter and uh it just reminded me of watching a really really good rom-com so i enjoyed these chapters a lot
0: i did too well i was talking about being light-hearted and funny the very next section that we were just talking about when Feyre shows up in the dress and Lucian's like um
1: I gotta go
2: I know he's, like, <laughs> he's
1: like peace out I got something important to he
0: do he doesn't even try to yeah. come up with a plausible excuse he just is like I'm gonna leave now <laughs> and
2: just like walks <laughs>
0: Did, away doesn't he say something like oh I have something very important he to says, do he says I'm late for something incredibly important
2: <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, wrote down, I wrote down wingman <laughs>
0: oh my gosh it made me laugh I was just yeah, I mean I cracked
1: up on that I laughed out loud
0: that just was so funny to me And then, you know, he leaves to give them alone time, and Tamlin and Feyre are kind of like flirting with each other, Mm -hmm. and she's kind of like, "Are we flirting right now? Are we doing this?" (laughs) 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 Um, And one thing that I really liked because I think that this was a really good sign of Feyre's healing and kind of moving past some of her trauma a little bit, um, which she she feels pretty right. And a few chapters. Before, she says, I've never been lovely a day in my life, right? right? And she actually feels pretty. And she says she looked at herself in the mirror with the dress. She knows that she looks good and she feels good about that. And she also specifically talks about her eyes and says, like, they're mine. They're not my mom's. They're not Nesta's. I Even highlighted though they that, look, too. Yeah, like, they are the same eyes. They look like her mom's. They look like Nesta's. But she's seeing herself kind of like standing on her own where she's been seeing herself through the lens of that promise that she made to her mom, right? Like the connection to the family. I've got to make sure they're okay. I've got to take care of them, but she's seeing herself separated, not just physically separated, but emotionally separating as well. And that's really good for her
1: and that's healthy. Yeah. I do feel like this is the first time we've seen her have a little bit of self-esteem. Like it's, it's promising.
2: Yeah. Well, I think also not, worrying about where your next meal is going to come from, feeling at least a little bit safe. I mean, I don't think any of them feel super safe right now. Really can help you feel a lot better about who you are. I mean, she's never had time to even put into looking at herself right. in the mirror before right. this well
0: and what would the point be even if she did right like she's going out and wor- physically working hard to provide food for her family right so it's like what am i gonna go get dressed up and put a bunch of makeup on to go <laughs> skin a deer <laughs> no. well um, no to
2: her point she still got laid i oh, mean that's true, true. She, yeah she still had a, a A guy, I guess, kind of. I mean, she was going to be someone's mistress, which is awful. but
0: She was pretty much okay with that, too, I think.
2: She was. Yeah, because she, I mean, quite frankly, I think she knew she didn't have time for anything more. And that no one was going to be interested in a family without any money. Yeah, that's true.
1: Well, and she treated him like a side piece, too. I mean...
2: Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. We talked about in a previous episode that he would just walk around the corner <laughs> and lean against the barn. I'm, I'm like, just like, wiggle his wow. eyebrows. Wow. <laughs> um, real good into that foreplay, Arthur Isaac. Which, speaking of which, she does a painting of their yes. hands intertwined. And I, I'm like, Pharaoh. I know. I, I, Noticed that as well. Well, and I love that Tamlin got a little bit jealous. Yeah, oh, over it. Yeah. I would have been mortified though. I'd have been like, "Oops, you weren't supposed to see that." There well, is an uh, Instagram artist, and I'll find it before we post this and put it in the show notes. But there's an Instagram artist right now that's doing all of these like book talk couples. Um, oh, like, that's cool. During coitus, with their hands clenched Ooh. together. Oh um, my! There's one with Cassie and Anesta on the headboard and uh, yeah like it's really really good often i can't remember who it is and i'm so sorry but i will put it in the show notes can you text it to us
0: <laughs> sure can when you when you figure out who it is uh, for, for no reason <laughs> right
2: um, What day no, is for your,
0: research purposes what day is
2: your husband out of town this week <laughs> yeah that's
0: uh, every day let's just go with that um one thing that i wrote down about you know, favor finding her identity outside of her family. I noted that Nesta and Elaine don't really get to do that for a really long time. Much like we talked about, you know, favor is getting this time and opportunity to work through her feelings about the Faye, which we talked about before in a previous episode that helps her when she becomes Faye and Nesta and Elaine don't get to do that. Right. Right. And it's kind of the same kind of deal here where favor is getting the opportunity to stand on her own and find her own identity outside of her family. Nesta doesn't really get to do that until Court of Silver Flames I think because um, even when she has that job in the night court it's still very much connected to her sister because it's the night right. court right but when she becomes a Valkyrie and meets Emery and meets Gwen in Silver Flames like that is her completely standing outside of her family but Elaine I don't think She's Elaine has not been there yet yeah Elaine doesn't have any any of that outside of her own family yet I guess when she gets her POV book,
2: I'm like Sarah J. Mass. Just tell us <laughs> a year. Well, I that's know, the right? thing though. We
1: don't know because she's just been completely separate from she's, everybody. She's yeah. in her own world, and so maybe that's she's how a she's peri- working through it. peripheral character. We've talked of. about
2: this at length, but there is something big that's going. To oh, happen. for sure. I feel
1: there yeah, is something like that, that
2: we're all going to look back and be like. Oh. oh, that's why she was doing that. I mean, we already yeah. know that she can like see things. We already yeah. know that she is kind of mentally unstable still. Oh, for sure. They've just stopped talking about it so much in the books. Uh, and I think it would have gotten monotonous if it if it hadn't, because we're not getting that much closer to her story. Yeah. But I think um, the fact that the last book ended with her and Gwen... In the last, you know, little bit of it. Mm. Well, I guess that was a bonus chapter, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, I mean, that bonus chapter was there for a reason. I think it's to set up what's about to happen Something. Next. Else. Yeah. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, no, I'm interested to see how Elaine comes into her own. The way that Nesta has. The way that Feyre has, you know?
2: I hope it takes a couple books, though. Because I don't want her to go from being, like, fucking weird. Just being like, okay, I'm normal again. <laughs> I can see shit. Like, yeah. I'd like to see some turmoil there. Really, honestly, because... um and I don't know if she has a mental illness and I'm not saying that just because she's psychic, she does, but that's a lot of what they're alluding to. And mental illness doesn't get, you don't start getting treatment and get better that quickly. It doesn't just disappear. Yeah. So I hope that there's a little bit more of a slow burn on her story as we start to learn more about her.
0: Yeah. And Feyre, before she takes Tamlin to the gallery, I wrote down this quote. She's kind of like, musing about Tamlin um, and says, what grief and burdens did he bear for whoever else had been lost in this conflict, lost to the blight or to the attacks on the borders? High Lord, a position he hadn't wanted or expected yet. He'd been forced to bear it its weight as best he could. And she's kind of like thinking about Tamlin. She knows that he's a complicated person and she's thinking about basically like why he is so complicated. And I wrote down First of all, I think that she is very accurate with what she's saying. Like he's weighed down with all this stuff. She doesn't even know like how accurate she is because she doesn't know about Amarantha yet. She doesn't know about the curse yet. She doesn't know about, you know, his he's the loophole that could save everybody like that is weighing down on him. But I also feel like it's an example of Farrah seeing um, the roses with Tamlin and ignoring the thorns. So like when she was in the garden in a different chapter, she grabs a rose and like ignores the pain that the thorns are causing. Like they're stabbing her in the hand and she just ignores it. And I feel like this section is her ignoring the thorns right it's like he just cornered you in the middle of the night in the hallway bit you bruised your neck and now you're like oh his life is so
2: hard I'm so aching and empty right
0: and I mean be attracted that's fine but she just completely like just like we do as readers the first time you read this book right she just completely glosses over like these major red flags that he has shown her
2: also can i say that you know her finding that attractive is fine if yes it's two consensual adults yes and it was not consensual on her end like if that's what you're into cool whatever gets you going as long as you're in a safe space with someone that keeps you safe but if someone is obviously scared of you and that's not what they're, you know, that's not what the agreement is. Right. right. And says, get off me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Get away from me. Right. Yeah. Then it starts becoming an attack. And right. again, I, I'm sorry to keep harping on this. Not fucking funny. It's, it's just not, not no. funny. No, it's yeah. not.
0: And uh, Lucian. <laughs> One thing I just saw on my notes that I forgot to say, so Farah's ignoring the red flags, right? And I wrote down, and this might be a hot take and a controversial opinion, but it's just a question. Is Feyre looking at Tamlin the way that the fandom looks at Resand?
2: Yes.
1: Okay. At good. this point,
2: yeah. Well and sure. ignoring the, way- the red
0: flags and like focusing on the good yes. things. Yeah, and okay, I mean good.
2: like and we all are. Right you are now,
0: correct. Right?
2: <laughs> Thank you. that was Thank the Lee. right answer I thought it was a rhetorical question <laughs> apparently it wasn't um but I mean we've talked about how in Silver Flames Rhysand does some shit yeah. out of love you know that are they're really messed up right yeah. and they're not super forgivable to multiple people too right, right? like right. to Nesta and to Pharah. And and can I say too I'm just gonna jump ahead here to book five <laughs> I really hate that they like spoiler alert if one dies the other dies because it's essentially mm-hmm. a suicide pact which mm-hmm. yeah is so fucking stupid because mm-hmm. you have a high lord and a high lady that are going to die at the same time in this kingdom that's like super beloved that they've taken care of for thousands and thousands of years yep like what the fuck is up with that they well they really... do the same thing in blood and ash right oh they do yeah yeah well, they yeah they but, Kieran. but but that was sexier <laughs> I mean, the end result's the same. But I, I do think in Blood, of A- Blood and Ash, though, the idea is that she's prolonging Kieran and Castile's life so they can't die. In this, it's more of like, well, if you die, I'm dead. It's the opposite. Yeah. They really didn't think that one through. Like, they were
0: really just thinking like, okay. That's so romantic. Each of us (laughs) have now experienced what it's like to lose you. right? And neither one of us ever want to do that again. So we're just going to not. That's not healthy. Right. Without thinking about like... There are other people in your lives that that affects, right. right?
2: Well, and now you have a baby. Right. So if you both die, your kid is left without a parent and your yep. court is left without its complete. Yeah. And maybe that says something about
0: their trust in their inner circle, right? Like maybe that says something about the way they feel about Morgan and Cassian and all those cuz they would totally step up and do a great job. Can you
2: imagine though if Knox went to them and he's like so like Nix. married fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, oh you know why it is um, i'm going to talk about this in my nerdiest thing i'm reading um the bonds that tie right now oh. it's the series and one of the guys name is not <laughs> um but can you imagine him coming home and be like so i married this girl if she dies i die <laughs> like think about it from like a parental scope right yeah, you're Like, what the crazy. hell are you doing why did you do that sorry yeah. about the sidebar just no, like I talking heard- about like really not great behavior in the name of love. Yeah. And we do make a lot of excuses for Rhysand because he is the better fit for her and Feyre and Feyre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And we'll, we'll get to talk about a lot more of this when we get to under the mountain, which I'm really excited about. Cause I've never read that section thinking about, okay, let's see. Like, is this really, okay, is this problematic? Like I've never, it is problematic. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's going to bring up a lot of good discussion. So I'm excited about that. Um, so she, now she, Feyre brings Tamlin to the gallery and I wrote down, like, I think this is a really pivotal scene for a lot of different reasons. Yes. Um, she, she has been working through her trauma through the painting. Right. And, um, she still has a ways to go because she doesn't want to show him the dark stuff, right? Like she's hoping he doesn't notice some of the paintings that she doesn't think fit in the spring. Which court. Why
1: didn't she hide them better?
0: I Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Cause yeah. I'm like, if you're worried that he's going to see it, like put it somewhere else. Where's the pig painting? Yeah,
1: take <laughs> yeah. it to your, take it to your room, you or know, turn it around or something.
0: Yeah. But I actually thought that that was really good foreshadowing. For, you know, her darkness, her trauma doesn't fit the spring court in her mind, like her Mm -hmm. paintings, much like she herself does not fit. fit. Yeah, like it's not the right place for her. And she just doesn't know that yet. But I also thought it was pivotal the interaction with her and Tamlin, right? Like Tamlin sees all of her paintings. He notices the ones that she hopes he doesn't notice. And he immediately understands exactly what he's looking at, which I'm like point for Tamlin, right? Like, he isn't confused by it. He isn't like, "What is that?" He isn't like, "Oh, that's really dark and great. Good job." But I really like this like one with nice the bright colors, nice trees or right. whatever, yeah. And she's trying to steer him to like, "I painted your glen." And he's like, "Yeah, I know. I know that's exactly what it is." Like he sees everything that she's laying out there and he just gets it. Which is nice for her as an artist, for her as a person to like have somebody see her and understand what she's trying to communicate.
1: Well, you, and know? you can you imagine, and as somebody who does create, um, what an incredible validation that would be to her. And again, I don't feel like I need people to be like, Oh, your art's so beautiful or whatever, but it does feel good when somebody like recognizes it. And that was a lot. Like think about how hard it is was for her to put that out there because this whole time she's been like, I'm just painting and it's like crap. I haven't like, I can't capture it the way it's supposed to be or whatever. And then she puts these out there and for somebody to validate that and to understand and to get what she's putting out there is kind of huge.
0: Yeah, and I think that it adds to her, you know, we've been saying we see her self-confidence growing and growing and growing. And I think this is a really big piece of being more confident as time not time, but like the next few chapters, because a few chapters from now, she's going to decide I'm going to go back to Prithian and I'm going to, I'm going to tell Tamlin how I feel about him. And then she finds out, you know, the real story behind everything that's going on. And she's like, yeah, I can handle this. And it's like the Pharaoh, of a few chapters before this gallery scene wouldn't have had the confidence to do that. You know,
2: can we also talk about the level of forgiveness that has to come with him choosing the painting that he does choose, mm-hmm. which is her in the woods where she hunted yeah. essentially where she kills the wolf and skins it and yeah. leaves his yeah. body there. Right. The fact that he was okay with taking, I mean, the way that um, the author describes it, it does sound very, very beautiful. And and I've always said, you know, as someone that, that um, has a degree in art and practices it all the time, um, good art evokes a feeling, even if it's a negative feeling, right? Yeah. So that piece may not make him feel like ooey gooey inside, mm-hmm. like the starlight pool in the Glen, but it does evoke a feeling in him. And I think that's essentially what he's going for. He knows that that's, really who she is as a painter she's not like you said she's not going to paint bright colors and she's not going to you know do like expressionism and all this shit she is going to paint kind of what's in her head and i think it shows that he has started to move past this you know problem that brought them together in choosing that painting
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I wrote down, too, is that I think he sees her as a kindred spirit. Um, He gets the pain. He gets the pressure. He gets the loneliness. He gets the need for sex just for the release. Like, she describes how Mm -hmm. it was with Isaac. The trauma of watching your family be brutalized and not be able to stop it. Um, You know, she painted the painting of her... um, her dad, the having his, beating yeah, the yeah. Debtor, debt collectors coming and, you know, smashing his leg or whatever. And I thought this is the first time I made that connection. Like Tamlin was there when Night Court came and slaughtered his whole family. You know, and he relates to her so much and he sees how much they are alike and the the types of experiences they've had that are so similar in this scene. And I feel like he hasn't really fully understood that up until this point, because now it's like literally laid out in front of him, you know, and then they move from from that to another really sweet scene in the Glen, right, Mm -hmm. where they've got the singing willow tree. Yeah. Whatever. This was a different Glen than the Star. Yes, Light it was one? a different one. It, it is, yeah. In my mind, it was always the same one that they just went back to. But I guess it would make sense that he would have more than one.
2: <laughs> <There's a different laughs> yeah,
0: and his giant
2: Springport. Well, he's like, guess not what? Giant, there's, but there's more than one Glen. I, <laughs> I thought it was the same one. I mean, what's the true definition of a Glen? Like a glassy I knoll. <laughs> I, I still don't grassy, even,
0: not glassy. I don't even know what a Glen is, honestly. <laughs> Maybe that should have been our vocabulary. Like Maybe.
1: I guess i always just assume it's like a meadow or yeah, like a that's like right. you said, a grassy knoll. Well and
2: I think of um speaking again of Twilight, mm-hmm. their meadow oh, is the yeah, glen. Oh yeah, that's right? true. That's all but I think the word that glen is really um evokes a feeling of like romanticism and like, yeah. you know, um like these beautiful areas of land and I yeah. mean um and you know, in Scotland, like everything's like a glen, like these beautiful right. uh, pastures with water and all yeah. of these things. So I think, you know, if she was that's like true. It was a grassy area with wildflowers. <laughs> it just, it's not the same. It's not
0: the same. Yeah. yeah.
2: Good on you, SJM. <laughs> yeah. Brav-
0: golf claps for you. <laughs> for your- I'm going to give you a real clap. I think you're going to have a good career. <laughs> Get that next book out. She has a bright future. <laughs> yeah, bright future. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like we only get a couple of scenes in these glens with Tamlin, but I feel like those bring th- that scenery brings out the best in him. Mm-hmm. He, he seems more at peace in those scenes than he does any other time. He seems happier. He's vulnerable. He's like a normal person flirting with a girl he you know thinks what, is though? cute.
2: He, he, those were the places he went as a child to feel happy. Yeah. So I think he feels more relaxed. He, and he's trying to share something with her that feels very important to him. Yeah. Right. And she reacts positively so then it becomes a thing where it's the two of them together in this place that he already loves yeah so again well,
0: you're you you kind of love him right now well and you know she falls asleep and he's Did like he put her to sleep i i wrote down question marks about that because i was like is
1: it the willow singing I feel is like it the magic the willow because he gets he, he doesn't get mad he's like, shit, like. shit, Like, damn it, you weren't supposed to fall asleep. I know. It says
0: specifically that he says, like, a curse word. Yeah. I was like, why? I
1: I don't, I was really confused It was kind of weird. But, like, that's what I, that's how I took it. That he was like, damn it, we were going
2: to get it on or whatever. Are we about to get into the part of uh, Sarah J. Mass's books where everything is a filthy gesture? (laughs) (laughs) She's falling asleep
0: and she hears him say, you're exactly like I dreamed you you would be yeah and I wrote down like I mean come on that's, that's really sweet. sweet it is really sweet. it's really sweet that's a, and that's what I mean like th- that scenery brings out the best in him
1: what's interesting about that line though is like is he having was he having dreams about who he was gonna end up breaking this curse with or like like where'd that come from that's a good question like he because he wasn't you know for you, to, for someone to say you're exactly as I dreamed you'd be, because in the beginning he was like, you're not at all like what I thought you'd be like.
0: I think that he's talking, okay. I think that when he says you're exactly like I dreamed you would be, I think that he is referring to like when he pictures his mate, when he pictures the person he's going to spend forever with. It's somebody like Pharaoh Okay. And That I makes think, more sense. And when he says, like, you're not at all what I thought you were earlier, it's as a human. Right. I
2: think. But we know also that this truly is not the real Feyre. Right. 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 So, right. and we've talked about this in previous episodes, how um, he really wanted someone more of like the Victorian era, right? Meek, quiet, yeah. covered up, isn't a fighter, does what her man says type of thing. And right now she is that person. Right. Because she isn't really in a world that she's used to or has any control over. And once she becomes more comfortable with her surroundings in later books, then the real favor comes out. And, and she's just now
1: coming into her own. Like we're literally, she's right. literally, this is the That's first time point. she has self-esteem. So like, right. we don't even know yet. I mean, we do cause we've read ahead, but we don't know from this book, you know, who she truly is when she's 100% herself. But
2: there's a stark contrast between the girl that shot a wolf mm-hmm. and a deer yeah, dragged a carcass and a deer back and the girl that is wearing a dress to dinner and then yeah. laying in a field. Right. Day. Well, and at the same time, this isn't the real Tamlin either.
0: That's true. true. Right. Like, yeah. true. he's, yeah. he's he is so focused on the curse and he's also hindered by the loss of his magic and the the loss of his court, really. Like right. this is not normal Tamlin at all. And right. when we meet normal Tamlin in book two, it's like, ooh, ooh. he's a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: like, he really is. He complains about being high lord, and then he's like, gonna go drink with these guys over here. And if that person can't pay rent, sorry, you don't get to eat. Like, yeah. He he is a completely different person. You know what
0: I'm just thinking about? We've talked about this before on the podcast, I'm pretty sure, about the theory that one of us saw on TikTok or something that maybe Amarantha was Tamlin's actual mate. Mm -hmm. So if that theory were accurate, wouldn't that explain why he is so horrible in book two? Because his mate died. That's a really you know good, what I mean really because when Reese talks to Feyre about like the mating bond when they're talking about Elaine and Lucian and and Feyre's like does she have to be with Lucian if she doesn't want to be and he's like well no but uh, you know she'd have to deal with it there's always going to be that bond there he's going to have to deal with it some got some males go literally insane and I'm like hmm
2: do you so I know that you know everybody calls Reese and Amaranthus whore are you supposed to think that. Tamlin and Amarantha are also fucking under the mountain. Like, why wouldn't she? If that's who she wanted and she won, I mean, why wouldn't she? I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't. I think
2: he's so terrified of her.
1: But see, I think she wants him to be willing to be willing and to want. I'd rather
2: Resand be willing. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, you know what I mean. But
2: Resand's acting like. That's almost like true. he she is. Thinks, yeah, yeah, yeah. She thinks he is, you reeling. know? Yeah, she thinks he's evil and is coming to her bed yeah. and Right, he wants to and, and all of that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point.
1: That's interesting. I'm going to have to think about all this. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to throw out there because we were talking about uh, Tamlin and, and being focused on the curse. Something that struck me, I think it was when they were in the gallery, and she, I think it's when they're in the gallery, and she offers, like, what can I do to help? Or maybe it's when they're in the Glen. And he says something like, um, you know, I don't I just want to keep you safe. You can't really help me. It's my burden to bear kind of blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Is he like here? Is he already deciding that he's not going to use her?
2: I feel like he is. Yeah. Like, I feel
1: like this is the very beginning of that him realizing maybe I'm not going to do this because then eventually
2: he like. We're only a couple of chapters away from him being like, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fuck first. I know. Right. Right.
1: But yeah, I felt like that was very indicative of the, of him sort of deciding that. I thought it was interesting. little foreshadowing.
0: That's a good point. That's true. I didn't think about that. I was looking to see if I wrote anything down about that line and I didn't, which... I'm disappointed in myself
2: <laughs> that I didn't mark that. <laughs> I'm more disappointed that I didn't read the next chapter. But I, I, I that's This true. is my third read. So I'm, I'm sure I can. I think you'll be able to yeah, yeah, to hang. Well, I know Whitney, but I do remember it some. So then, you know,
0: the next day, Feyre wakes up and realizes like everything look, or pretty much everything is very different in spring. Oh, wait, Port. let's talk
1: though first about this when he unglamors her in the Glen.
2: Oh, that's that, right. I mean, I'm,
1: that's like borderline prostitution, guys. He's like, I'll show you everything but for a kiss.
2: Well, and then he fucking kisses her eyelids. Yeah. He's, yeah. And I'm like... I so- didn't
0: have a problem with the,
1: like, I'll do it for a kiss. I had a problem with the kissing,
2: <laughs> kissing her eyelids.
1: Well, but after that, he still expected a kiss. After that. And then she falls asleep. That's why he's right. like, shit, Feyre. Yeah.
0: Well, he's I'm like, you're not what you. I dreamt of. God. That makes sense. That's why he was
2: like... Cause I was like, why is he upset that she's falling asleep? Cause he wanted to make out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gotcha. if it was good making out, she would have woken up, Tamlin. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time, don't lead with the eyelids. Right. Maybe- <laughs> she's like, Ugh. well, this is not going anywhere, and I'm kind of tired. So, see, ya, I'm out. One thing I did note about that
1: later.
0: I guess that night at dinner or whatever, Lucian, like, makes a joke about it. Like, he obviously knows what happened. And Tamlin says, don't be an ass. And I said, Lucian's been that way the whole time, my dude. (laughs) (laughs) dude. That's what I wrote down. I said, is this just to hide the fact that you're telling Lucian everything? Like, I imagined Tamlin, like... You're not, you're not supposed to let her know that I'm telling you everything because I
2: need you to keep telling me what to do because I have no idea what I'm <laughs> yeah, doing, you know? microphone in my ear. Yeah,
0: like, but that how, made me laugh a little how bit. How
2: much does it stink for Feyre that she doesn't have anyone to go back she to? Has, I
0: know, yeah. she has no one. But she can confide in Alice, I guess, but, like, why would she? But I don't you know think she trusts Alice yeah, completely. I like, Alice yeah, I think Alice also yeah. kind of
2: treats her like she's stupid.
0: Oh, well, I think Alice 100%. thinks that she's stupid. I yeah. think, so Alice is the one that tells Feyre all about Amarantha, and as she's telling her, like, here's what's really going on she almost literally says you are so dumb how did you not figure all of (laughs) this out all you had to do was this one simple freaking thing we didn't have it figured out as the viewer oh no i know but i'm saying that's alice's perspective like alice does think that she's a stupid human because she's like how have you not figured any of this out and did
2: none of the other fairies know that pharaoh was glamored because when she wakes up the next morning and alice is like it's Alice, you dumb fuck. Like, I know. What are you talking about?
0: I thought that same thing because I just assumed that at least Alice knew
1: well, that maybe she was glamored. Maybe know? she didn't realize she was not glamored anymore.
2: But also, maybe. like, all, if no one realized she was glamored, did they like smile at her and she's literally like looking through them? <laughs> and they're like, she's <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> I'm looking
1: at her like ooh pick your nose you're like making and they're oh, like oh shit she can happened. see us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I
0: kind of assumed that everybody knew that she was glamored but you're right that makes that doesn't make sense for Alice to be right. like it's me. Again Duh. I want to
2: point out and I know I've said this several times how often do you go around the corner and fart because I <laughs> And you're like, oh my god, that smelled so bad. Thank God no one was over here. And then like the gardener fairy standing there, and he's like, what the fuck, fairy? what did you eat? <laughs> did you guys have lamb at dinner again? He yeah, has that fae food. Oh, right. yeah. That's
0: really funny. The only thing that I really thought about with that whole section about the glamour is like, I do not understand why Tamlin didn't at least mention to her, hey. I've been glamoring you for this purpose, for this reason, and I'm going to not do that anymore. So things are going to be like really weird looking and I don't want you to be freaked out because I'm like, if the point of you glamoring everything in the first place was so that she wouldn't freak out, why would you not give her a heads up? But when she could see them because she's going to freak out because people just appear as if from nowhere. Like I didn't understand that.
1: Two things stuck out for me on this glamoring section first of all was lucian not glamored lucian all along doesn't give a fuck so i wonder if he was just like i'm not glamoring myself. well that's what i'm saying yeah, like i think, I think like was that's why that's kind of what i wrote it was like it was just interesting so was he just lucian to Pharah or you know like he was just he Tamlin, never was glamored to begin with
0: tamlin's not really glamored so much as he's putting a damper on his high lordship. Right. That's true. Because Rhysand talks about doing the same thing, right? Like yeah. he, he doesn't show his full power or whatever. What,
2: what makes you look like you have full power? Cause I didn't understand that either. Like, are you just shinier? I don't or? understand that yeah, not either. Do you
1: shimmer in the sunlight? I mean, maybe it's just like an aura or like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a feeling maybe rather than a something you see.
0: And, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it kind of is because the first kind of, mention that I can think of of that is Reese in Mist and Fury when um, they're in the Court of Nightmares and he's you know having Feyre like pretend to be his whore basically mm-hmm. and she's like you know I could hear him walking down the, the hallway or whatever and it was mm-hmm. like he had she says he had lifted the glamour and you could see like his full power and I'm like I don't know what that means other than like well be Tamlin being... a
2: panty dropper
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I
0: mean really like I think that maybe that really is what it Tamlin
1: is Tamlin does say and this is a quote it comes with physical markers too. this about being he this is when he's talking about he actually was destined to be high lord yeah, which we had discussed in a previous podcast that we weren't sure but he definitely was but he says it comes with physical markers too it's why i couldn't hide what i was becoming from my brothers from anyone it's still easier to blend so in. it's
2: more of like a destiny fate type of thing that you're going to be the high lord even if you're not in line Correct. to be the High Lord. well
0: and i think the same thing is kind of true of just power in general because more in miss and fury talks about like i had way more power than anyone in my family but they knew it like everybody yeah. could tell um I don't know. That's are we ever told what
2: these markers are? I don't think I don't think we actually are, but it's just interesting that you brought it up. That could be kind of exciting to learn about. Yeah. Later. It might change a lot of digital representation too. Yeah, that's true. That would be I mean, we already know that Sarah J. Mass has a thing for tattoos. It, right. Yes. Like and I'm totally here for it. Right? <laughs> um, but I mean all of her main men that all of them, like, yeah. have tattoos. Rowan, Rune, yeah. Hunt, Resand. Um, yeah. do Cassian and Azriel have any? I think they do have
0: some, just not as many. Yeah, I, I think mean, they would they have, to have some. Because like, they talk about that's like an Illyrian, like good luck wish for glory before you go into battle. That's why I'm
2: going to blame all my tattoos I on.
1: could totally be luck. making this up, but don't they all have the mountain tattoos?
2: I okay, don't know ma- is
1: Reese. it just, yeah, or is it just Reese? I don't think they all do. Okay, I was do- for some reason, I was thinking that was something they did together after their.
2: I will I say, I, I could totally be making that up. I always thought that mountain tattoo thing was kind of corny until I saw Mad Schofield drawing yes. of Reese and Amarantha's bed and yeah. the tattoos on his knees, and I was like, okay, now I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, right. Because I was just I, I picturing like some like nineteen-year-old scrawl on <laughs> knees of like a, a, a shaky hand. I designed you
0: know? it myself. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: do you know of anyone that has cool tattoos right above their knees? I don't, but no. she does a really good job of making them look great. Yeah,
0: my brother has a lot of tattoos, so I'm
2: just gonna not above his knees he does on his calves i've not seen your brother in a long time so i mean i wouldn't know really quick my last thing that
1: i had to say about the the glamours so one thing i thought of that seems like a huge draw on power to glamour your entire court right so how like if he's so like he must be like super duper super powerful for like to him have less power and like to be able to do all this shit and i know it drains him when he does other stuff but i keep going i know <laughs> deborah really has something
2: to so, say. um so i started doing research into like senses today and like high face senses because i want to talk more about that and honestly skipped it because I didn't find anything out that we didn't already know, right? But one of the one of the articles I found talks about how much magic it takes to do these different things that fairies can do that humans don't. And glamoring takes very little magic. Okay, well, that makes more sense really? then. I'm so
1: glad I read that. I am glad you read that because it was so really stressing me out. I was like, how is he doing that and still being able to like...
2: Now, I will say hiding a bunch of other people, I would assume, takes a lot of power. But if he's High Lord, he has... He Ultimately, has a lot way more. Yeah, but it just made
1: me realize like how much like it just definitely put it in perspective for me, how much power he had to originally have to be able to do all that and like turn lights on and take tables away and heal himself.
2: Yeah. You well, know, she talk about how like you can tell his power is starting to diminish, though. And maybe that's why the glamour goes away. I didn't think. about Well, it drains Yeah, because it drains him. She talks about how when they go into the gallery, he has trouble turning all the yes. lights on. So maybe the glamour goes away. And she asks help him it.
1: if it taxes him when he takes the like when he takes the table away. Mm-hmm. And she says, "Does that tax you?" Um, so maybe. And he yeah. said it
2: used to not. Yeah, it does yeah. now. So but I wonder now, yeah. if he gets closer to the end of the curse. If his he's power, like, I need he... to, yeah. I need to get his battery's dying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if Amarantha let him keep
0: more of his High Lord power than she did the other High Lords under the mountain, since he was not under the mountain. And that- because she's trying to like seduce him, too,
2: right? Right. She's like, I'll let you keep your power, but you got to... At least a little bit. Yeah. Right. And give me a little bit. Just the tip. <laughs> 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 Ew.
0: Um, so then the last section of the chapters, really, is the head and the garden. So basically, Feyre goes outside and finds somebody's decapitated head. Um, and it seems like it was pretty recent. And so she freaks out. And then Tamlin and Lucian come out, and they're basically like, "Well, this was definitely the Night Court." They find the Night Court insignia on, like, behind the guy's ear or something. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, "Well, that's definitely what it was, or who so it was." Are you supposed
2: to think he was from the Night Court, or he was murdered by the Night Court. I, that was one of the things I wasn't yeah. sure of. Because so they, I don't see Rhysand letting one of his own die.
0: Well, okay. So I i tried to do a little bit of research about this. So. Obviously, Tamlin and Lucian assume that Rhysand is the one who did this and left it there. And they say, you know, he's horrible. He would think this is funny. Like, this is the kind of thing that he does. Like, this is a a taunt, like, to send a message to us, right? And so I'm like... Okay, so what's up with this? Um, we don't ever find out, if, as far as I could find, we don't ever find out exactly who this is. Um, I looked at Mist and Fury in that chapter 54 section where Resand is telling his whole like story. And he does not really mention this at all. He does not explain this to Feyre, except under the mountain, later in this book, he says... A- Amarantha sent me Amarantha made me put that head there. Like that doesn't mean he killed him. Right. And so, but it also doesn't tell us anything about who this person is. So I don't know if it truly was like somebody from the court of nightmares. Cause they're the only ones that he let come with him to that under the mountain. I don't know if it's somebody else that they branded night court to blame him because Amarantha did stuff, we f- we know by finding out in later books, she did do some things in very specific ways to kind of like frame resand and mm-hmm. make people in other courts think that he was doing these things. So here's
2: my question, you know, and it made me think of this when we're talking about, we don't know if that person was from the night court or murdered by the night court. So it's no secret that there's an inner circle, right? Rhysand, Cassian, Asriel Moore, Amaran. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had been this inner circle circle for years and Rhysanne hides them in Volaris so mm-hmm. how over 50 years is Amarantha not losing her shit going where are your people I don't think that she knows. I don't think anybody knows
0: who they are outside of. But it talks about them court. being in
2: war camp together and that they fought in battle together. Like it's not. Like or they, Sand
0: and Cassian and Azriel. Yeah.
2: It's not like they hid before this 50 year thing. So they were people that were a
0: part of his court. They're people that are a part of his court. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people know that they are his like right hand guys. Right. You know but I, mean? I thought everyone from the courts was under the mountain. No. Oh. So
2: See, I'm learning so much. So,
0: um, the only people that are under the mountain from Night Court are Resand and people from the Court of Nightmares.
2: So, how did how did I guess, Amarantha choose who had to go under the mountain because you still have all these spring court fairies too. That, that didn't, didn't have go. To go. Yeah. She didn't
0: really choose. I don't think. So what happened was she threw a party and invited all the high Lords to come. So the high Lords came to this party and brought like their entourages or whatever with them. So the
2: three of us that would have been like, I'm real tired. We would have not had to go under the mountain. Yeah, no, well, we would I mean, have been in bed already. wins again. I guess if a high lord
0: was like, I don't want to do that. She would have probably, after the fact, like taken them, um, sent right. somebody like. But to a kidnap high lord them. also,
2: because I know that was kind of like the neutral place, right? right? Like, I highly doubt a high lord would have turned down an invitation. But right. like, and it, it was supposed to be a show of good faith,
0: like, right? Um, and it was their neutral location, and they considered it a sacred place, so they all trusted that. It was going to be on the up and up. But Rhysan tells Feyre, I was going to kill her. I was going to kill Amarantha at this party because I hated her so much for all these things that had happened. And I didn't want any of my actual inner circle to be there. So I didn't let Cassian come. I didn't let Azriel come. I didn't have any of them come. I just brought people from the Court of Nightmares because those were the people I was comfortable with seeing me. Be the evil high lord, everybody right. thinks. Well, you we probably
1: also consider them more expendable, too. Right. The only yeah.
2: way I can fathom that you know all these things is that you and Sarah J. Mass are friends. <laughs> 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 only <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> Every time we post a new episode, I'm like, how in the hell? Did you remember that? <laughs> yeah, like you say it, and I'm like, oh yeah. I don't know.
0: I really don't know why I remember all these things. It's kind of weird. Sometimes well, I worry like, about
2: it, <laughs> and
1: you'll be like, oh, I went and I looked that up, and I'm like, I don't even know what book it's in. How are you finding this
2: shit? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what though? We love you for it. Yes. Well, because without you, we'd be asking these questions and like and no have no answers. We'd have twenty minute podcast (laughs) episodes because we'd be like, (laughs) we should find out someone that knows that. (laughs) Invite them to join us on the podcast. Well, but I know in apparently I'm a hick when I do know
0: things. <laughs> I I don't think I think that Rhysand Sand kept his inner circle a secret, like, from pretty much everybody because in book three <laughs> in book three when they finally like talk to Jurian one on one, he's he says, like, I always wondered like who you're who your people were. Amarantha always wondered who was the closest to you and it drove her crazy to not be able to figure it out. And it's like it's these guys right here, you know. And I don't know if that means that Jurian didn't know truly because he fought in the war with them, right? So I feel like Jurian knew but just was not in a place to obviously tell Amarantha because he was an eye. (laughs) He was one I was going to say, I don't think he could communicate with anybody. Yeah, he says very clearly, like, she did not know who your closest Well, and
2: I'll be honest, I'm excited to read those chapters again from a very watchful eye like we're doing. No pun intended. Sorry, Jurian. Um, (laughs) But because like the whole Jurian thing and like what happens there has always been a little bit mind boggling to me. So I look forward to doing a deeper dive with that. Because having an eyeball in a ring when you really think about it or when you see it illustrated by an artist is Terrifying. Yeah. It's and this eyeball crazy. moves. It's yeah. not like it's stationary, it is an alive yeah. element. I on think her about
0: hand. like moody. Um, mad mad eye, moody.
2: Yeah, I do too. With like yeah. the magical eye, like yeah. rolling around
0: all the uh, everywhere. Right.
2: But can you imagine that, like, on someone's hand? No, that's and crazy. what if you say, "What if I said the f word?" And the eye just goes, and it like, just <laughs> at me like okay, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to say, "Dumb, dumb, you idiot." <laughs> yeah, no,
0: that's that's just crazy. Um, One thing that I wanted to make sure and point out about this section where they're talking about night court. Um, i don 't think they actually ever say Rhysand's name, do they? I think they just say Night Court and the High Lord of Night Court. Um, but I was just thinking it is so smart. So the last section she meets Rhysand. she doesn 't know who he is she doesn 't know what his name is. She has no idea that he 's high Lord she doesn 't know he 's from Night Court. she just knows he 's not from Spring Court and that he 's like super hot, right, and I really like the writing choice to have him completely disappear from the book for a few chapters and then show back up because it really adds to him being intimidating. And when she real, when favor realizes this is the same guy that she thinks like beheaded a dude, mm-hmm. it's so much more impactful because he disappeared for her to hear all this stuff that we, as you know, not first time readers, we know that this really isn't accurate about who he is, but Pharaoh is terrified of him. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so smart. Because as a not first-time reader, I'm like, where did he go? Bring him
2: back. Like, well, she was fucking him, probably, unfortunately. <laughs> so Not favorite. Sarah I'm J. Maas. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she is. I mean, if he's real, girl, I hope you are getting it. Um, so speaking of a writing implement, I wanted to point out that at the end of this chapter, um, and you're right, she never does say Reese annes name she remembers that the surreal tells her stay with the high Lord human. You will be safe, which is setting up like we're, we're assuming the wrong high Lord, yeah. right? Because she does have to stick with resand under the mountain yep, to survive. Yeah. It's not Tamlin that brings her mm-hmm. out of it. Yep. Right. It's Resand every single step of the way. And so I love that she, again, as the reader, how are you not like, why does she keep bringing that up? Right. Yeah. Why does she? And, and I think at the time you're like, okay, She's in the right place. She's going to be safe. Yes, that guy does not have a head attached to his body, but everything's going to be fine, right? And I think it's supposed to draw you in further into kind of falling in love in the way that she does with Tamlin. And we can talk about this later, but um, her being as young as she is and, you know, living in the small village with very little, um, like, opportunities for a partner, I mean, I'm not, I think she thinks she loves Tamlin at a certain point. I don't think she does. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's a high infatuation. He was Mr. Right now. Exactly. Mr. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, and I think, I think that she,
0: she feels for him what she thinks love actually is. Mm -hmm. Because she hasn't had... She hasn't actually felt it yet. I mean, she
2: she doesn't even get it from her family, right?
0: Yeah. Like, and she says that her mom loved her dad, but we don't have any idea like what that relationship really looked like. And if Feyre got to even see it, because she talks so much about how her mom was absent, right? Like, so even if her parents had a normal, healthy, loving relationship, Feyre didn't really get to see that. But I'm
2: not sure that they do because you don't hear Feyre talk about that later in the books. She only says that early in the books, right? Like, my mom really loved my dad. Does she say that after she kind of gets this inner circle and has people that really trust and love her? I don't know if she really talks about her mom at all. Right. Positive or negative. I mean, she she continuously talks about how this woman was political and almost like a poison to Nesta. And like trying to, you know, she taught these two other girls how to read and write but like nothing beyond that because you are to find a husband and it's supposed to be for gain and that's it and you know at the time Feyre's dad was wealthy Mm -hmm. and so the mom coming to him was a gain right right but at the same time what did she have after he lost that which was nothing she got sick and died
0: I was gonna say I think she was already passed away before that. Oh, before they lost she, yeah. yeah I think um, she died before they lost their fortune. I think
2: to your point is that there was never a true example of what a right. healthy relationship was supposed to look like.
0: Yeah, she knows it's not what she has with Isaac, right? Right. And Tam- what she has with Tamlin is definitely better than what she has with Isaac. And so for her, it's like, well, this must be it then, because yeah. this is way better, you know.
2: Right. And it is. Well, and there is something about never having been secure, yeah, and suddenly being safe, yeah. safe-ish, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more well, safe than she was, man. And it's like yeah. we
0: talked about a few episodes back of. You know, t- Feyre and Tamlin both give each other the opportunity to just, like, enjoy life, to just enjoy life, period, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to paint, to enjoy painting, to spend time together, to go have a picnic in the grass and look at the weird starlight pool or whatever. <laughs> like, they they let each other do that when they've not not been able to do that. So, I mean, of course they're going to have a lot of affection for each other because that's really important for both of them in mm-hmm. this really, like, dark period of their lives. Um, but one thing, um, at the very end of the chapters, she, you know, Tamlin is really, really upset. And she basically says to him like you never made me feel like a prisoner I like you're doing a I highlighted job. that too yeah and i was like that is very much not accurate like very much not accurate. right i've tried to i mean i didn't want to reread the whole you know first 22 chapters a again why are you it too well i just didn't have time um but i'm like i what i wrote down was i wrote that quote you know you never made me feel like a prisoner and i said didn't he though oh how the turntables
1: <laughs> Well, and I wrote, you never made me feel like a prisoner. And then I put yet. Because well, <laughs> we know that he definitely does but later. Even, but even up until this point, um, dude, you magicked her on a horse. Like, come
0: on. Well, that's what I went back in chapter five. She says, you know, he is my prison. Or my salvation. I can't decide which one. And then she calls him my captor or my savior, whatever he was. And I said, you know, she's changing her mind about the situation as she gets to know him and as he, like, doesn't hurt her, right? Mm -hmm. But she absolutely felt imprisoned. She absolutely believed that she was being held captive for quite a while. So she wants to make him feel better, but she's telling him something that is not true. It may be not true anymore, but she did feel
2: like a prisoner and I'm just like what are you talking about don't you find it interesting that later San tells Feyre that she's his salvation I know to go to like go back into that because he was imprisoned right mm -hmm. like literally
0: he knows exactly what that feels like yeah
2: right and so for him to have that safety even though I mean he's essentially in charge of everyone else's safety but he feels safe with someone finally right mm -hmm. and I mean, her saying she doesn't know if she's captivated or if, if, I'm sorry, if he's her captor or salvation, she is saying like, I still don't really feel safe with this guy. Right. Yeah. When she's trying to escape, like she believes that
0: she has to run away and escape to be free. Like, okay, that sounds like imprisoned. (laughs) Yeah. Ironically
2: enough, she could have, I mean, I don't think she would have survived, but if she had figured out a way to run away and just skip continents, she would have been safe. None of this... Would have ever happened but then she wouldn't have met reese and we wouldn't have more books so it was fate it
0: <laughs> was it was fate but yeah it just it really bothered me that she's she's ignoring what was she's true. ignoring a thorn yes like she's <laughs> ignoring what was true To make him feel better. Yeah. And she does that at the beginning of Mist and Fury, you know, when he is like, let's just get back to normal and let's, you know, let's get this all settled. And she's like, I'm dying. Like, I'm dying. And he's like, it's fine. She's like, okay, I guess. It's it's the same kind of thing of like, be honest. And, but he has to be capable of listening to that too, which... That's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast episode, I like. <laughs> was there anything else that you guys
2: wanted to talk about? No, that was great. Thanks for covering the third chapter for me. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry. Was it all starting to come back to you? It was <laughs> like, I was kind of glancing through it while we were talking and I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. But I am going to still reread it. Cause now, again, I'm like captivated again by this. I
0: know. And we're so close to under the mountain. Although I have to say, I'm really excited to read the section when she goes back home for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I really, <laughs> I don't remember very much about that at all. So I'm excited to see like the family dynamics Yeah, as a reader who has read all of the books, right. With all the knowledge of the family and like what's going to happen later i'm excited to
1: go back well and, and all the stuff that. that we've already picked apart about them too right yeah. i'll
2: excited. tell you the only reason i'm impatient and when i ended reading this week when i didn't realize we had another chapter <laughs> i read i wrote in the margins dear god when are you guys gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> i think it's in the next section yeah, yeah i was so gonna I'm, say because i know they do I'm quite antsy
0: and then like the next day is when reese shows up and is like get out of here you know right um although that's not quite what he says but Anyway, so let's do our nerdiest thing of the week. Who wants to go first? You should go first. Me? Whit. Okay, well, I got to read text messages. <laughs> so so um, my sister, once again, shout out to Catherine. She, um, I recommended to her the Touch of Darkness Um trilogy we talked about how he calls her darling well and we oh yeah so we were talking about books back and forth right and so she was telling me about this book that she read that was really good she says she was like it, you know it's not fiction it's not fantasy but it's really good like do you want to try it and i said if it's not morally gray fay 500 year old man i don't know if i can take it <laughs>
2: meme going around where it's like 19 year old and 40 year old man she's like scowling and then it's like 19 year old and 500 year old uh, if it's a four creature
0: a 400 year age gap is fine yeah a 30 year age gap is weird you know um but yeah the she texted me last night and said i finished touch of darkness i went to the bookstore bought the other two books i guess i won't sleep tonight
2: Yeah, when does that next book come out? Like I don't know. March, I think February or March, which I'm pretty Maybe. excited about. Which I think it's the last book in that series, which I'm super bummed about. But having said yeah. that, Scarlet Saint Clair is working on some other, some other stuff. really wonderful things. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably my nerdiest thing is just that text
0: exchange of like, I'm sorry, I've got to read The Faye. I've got, (laughs) I I need, I need more than. So I joined
2: um, a book club that Mindy has been in for years. um, And I was in it for what, three or four years? Mm -hmm. And I guess technically I still am. And I joined it because I was like, I need to read different types of things and and listen to different points of view that aren't like yeah. mine you know broaden my mind and all that would happen is I just wouldn't read the shit I didn't want to read <laughs> that's all that happened right. but I did read some stuff I would have never picked up which I really really yeah. enjoyed um but you know then at the same time I'd be like man I've not read anything and then I'd be like that's okay I'm just gonna go read the thing I want to read now <laughs> right. because I am a mood reader yeah me too can i tell you my nerdiest things talking about reading yeah (laughs) okay so um (laughs) i got sick this week and got a little bit of um a stomach bug from my kids now that masks are off like all the bugs are back right Mm -hmm. so um i last week had read the first um the bonds that tie book by jay bree there's not as much world building as these books or even like um, Jennifer Armentrout's books but they're just like good fun everybody's snarky there's a good plot like they're they're pretty quick reads so when I got sick the other day I started the second book and read it in 12 hours and I don't think I've done that in like 10 or 15 years of uh, sitting down and reading a book like that um, I've got two like kind of timely books on my TBR and because I've already started the third one I, I just I can't I yeah. and there's these books that like I kind of have a timeline on, and I'm like, well, there's six books in this series, so how fast can I read them <laughs> so I can get to this other book? But they're they're really, really, really good. So it's the Bonds That Tie series. Um, and then our cocktail tonight is the um, espresso martini. Since Farah can't seem to stay awake at the Glen, <laughs> I guess the kissing of the eyes put her to sleep. It would have me too. Um, Maybe will- barf. <laughs> I know, right? We will put the um, recipe on Instagram. It should actually be on there already as of yesterday i would like to say the cocktail did not make me barf
1: it was delicious it is
2: so delicious um so yeah we will have that uh posted actually and it was quite delicious it Mm -hmm. was good yeah what about you mindy
1: so i had a couple of nerdy things this week actually first of all I think I might have Did you get that bonds that tie off of Kindle Unlimited? Yes. I'm pretty sure I already I just downloaded it because I went I just now joined Kindle Unlimited and Woohoo.
2: I know, right? And
1: I I don't know when I'm going to read all these books but I definitely downloaded like downloaded like 6 so of them. So,
2: here's what I'll tell you, Mindy, that I figured out. If I read one book a month off of there, it pays for itself. Right. So, I mean, I, I think I'm on like my fourth or fifth book off there in the last month because they're really, really good books and it's a way for other authors to get out there that may not be able to get like a huge yeah. book deal, yeah. right? Now, um, I'm really excited about and it. And I will say that first book in the series, you're like, okay, that was kind of fun. And then you get into the second one and you're like, okay, not that. <laughs> I mean, much like yeah. most series.
1: I was yeah. going to say that happens a lot anyways. Yeah. But as long as, I mean, honestly, most of the stuff I read is because you or Whitney or somebody...
2: Because you recommended it to me. You're yeah. most nerdy friend. Because <laughs> I'm always the last one. Which makes us sound like we have no life. And I swear, the three of us and our um, friends, Abby and Holly, we do more than the typical person. Oh, yeah. Even though we act like we're so nerdy. and uh, not all we do we read is so time, Well, that's and not, we are. I mean, we are. But, like, I'm always listening to something, right? Yeah. And, like, you're reading late into the night, maybe. Yeah. And, like, me when too, you're yeah. reading, like, late at night, but also, like, when the kids are at school. And yeah. so, like, we kind of, like, all find our own way. And I think that's important, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of found our way to keep ourselves happy, but still do the things we want to do. Well, that was something that I hadn't thought of as my nerdy thing. But when
1: you started talking about it, I was like, Oh, yeah, I don't. I totally did that. My other thing is similar to your reading a book in under 12 hours. I love to do jigsaw puzzles. And I hadn't done one probably since the pandemic. I mean, like I used to do them all the time. And then I don't know, life got in the way. And my dining room table was disgusting and like piled with papers and stuff and i i got so pissed off about it that i cleaned the table and i'm like i'm gonna do a fucking puzzle so i sit down to do this puzzle and i stayed up till two o'clock in the morning i finished it in less than 12 hours it's a thousand <laughs> it have? a thousand piece puzzle and it was actually one that i borrowed from our friend holly um it's like a bunch of cassette tapes like laid out oh, it's really cute it's cool. holly. yeah, yeah. Woo woo, holly <laughs> but yeah but it was so fun i mean i, I just couldn't stop doing it. i think i took one break i literally like did half of it and then i took a break and then i sat down and finished it through the night i'm kind of jealous it was super fun i love puzzles i know they're fun um and then my last one is is that um when i get into new bands i listen to them on repeat so i've got like these three bands and that's all i've listened to for the past week and they are they are so the 502s which is super super duper fun upbeat music if you want to be happy put this music on and then the second one is happy landing which is a band that i saw when i saw the 502s they opened for them and they're also very like fun and upbeat and then my newest one that i've listened to all day today is called the blood arm and they're more of like a poppy rock i guess i don't know do
2: any of them wear eyeliner no
1: maybe the blood arm i haven't (laughs) seen any pictures of the blood arm i didn't go look at pictures but yeah no they're but that sounds like an eyeliner group. It does sound a little like, bit you know, like an eyeliner yeah, group. Yeah, it does. It totally <laughs> sounds like something uh, Brian, our our podcast editor slash s- producer, that sleeps with Deborah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Person.
1: Oh, it seems like something he would like. So I don't know, but I haven't talked to him about he it. He is your husband.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Andy gets to sleep. With when you say yeah. per- I mean, person that sleeps with Deborah, sounds
0: like tawdry. <laughs> <laughs> but not
2: all husbands get to sleep with their wives. Well, that's true. So that is say. true. Touche. Person that sleeps with Deborah. Touche.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was my nerdy things. Usually I don't have very many, but this this week I had a bunch. It's been a good week. It has. It has been a good week. As we go deeper and deeper into the book, I feel
0: like our episodes are getting longer. <laughs> this one's shorter than last week. I know it is. I'm proud of us. Um, next week is going to be a special bonus episode for the holidays. We are going to be uh, watching and talking about the Supernatural episode, A Very Supernatural Christmas, which is from season three. It is episode eight. So make sure you watch and listen.
2: For exclusive content to keep up with all things nerdy, follow us on Instagram at Our Nerdiest Thing. We post book reviews, what to read next, and our cocktail recipes. Have something nerdy that you'd like to share? Email us at ournerdiestthing at gmail.com. This podcast is edited and produced by the Story Guides. Thanks for listening.